Welcome to Season 2 of There Are Good Things Here, the podcast where you listen in as Katie Hubbard talks to God about life in the year that it got upended by her first cancer diagnosis. I hope you'll find grace in her honest, hard, and hopeful words. I'm your host, Norman Hubbard, and I just want you to hold on to Jesus like Katie did. It won't be easy or perfect, but it will be worth it. Let's jump right back into Katie's CaringBridge blog post. Uh, She recounts her progress through her first round of chemotherapy for breast cancer. She's writing May 27th, 2009, and the first word is progress. Norman's folks are here, arrived yesterday. Today should be the last day of this round of the awful yucky days. If all goes as usual, I will, Lord willing, turn the corner tomorrow and see some improvement. That means I can truly say only one more time of the awful yuckies. And a big praise. So far, I've stayed healthy. No colds, sicknesses, or other non-chemo-related complications. This is a huge praise. When I received the news that my chemo treatments would be four and not more, I knew that that was so much better than six or eight. However, now that I am where I am, I truly appreciate the enormity of what it means to have my treatments cut down by even one. What a beast these things are. Two verses have really encouraged me this week. Okay, three. The first is Hebrews thirteen fifteen. Therefore, by him, that is Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Just the thought that my praise is a sacrifice. Sacrifices are costly. My words are the fruit of my lips. It's been a big challenge for me to think of what kind of fruit is coming from my lips during these difficult days. That phrase, sacrifice of praise, was diminished for me quite a bit by a very peppy, overly bright mid-80s or was it late 70s praise chorus. It's been good to think about those words anew. And then Psalm 50, verses 14 and 15. Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. These hit me so hard because, again, it tells me that my words of thanksgiving are an offering, that costly offering. And so I've just been calling on the Lord these past days, for me, for Norman, for friends and family. It sure feels like the day of trouble. In the morning when I wake up and everything seems so huge and difficult, I've been trying to lie still and pray, Lord, help me to let you be big today. And so these things have encouraged me greatly during round three. And finally, let me comment on what a riot it is for a chemo-brained English major to write journal entries. As I look over my entry, I find that I've used the same words multiple times. How many times can I say the word good? And then I sit and I stare blankly at the screen and I think, What is another word for good? Enormous? 
but it does pass a good deal of time, which on a chemo day is good. Blessings, Katie. And by the way, I think it's funny that in that very journal entry as she's talking about her chemo brain that she's going to share three passages with you and only shares two of the three. I wonder what that third one was. But I will say this to you as well. Let God be big. Uh, When she said, I lie in my bed in the morning and I lie still and pray, Lord, help me to let you be big today. Uh, That was a huge thing for Katie during these days and really for the remaining days of her life to let God be big. Is there something in there for you? I mean, God is great. He's greater than your circumstances. He's greater than your suffering. But the question, the question is not whether God will be big. The question is whether you will let him be big for you today. That's what Katie was getting at. She goes on to write, May 31st, 2009, The Lord's Provision. This morning, Sunday, I am home from church dealing with chemo-related side effects that you don't want to know about. Those were all, by the way, capitalized. I have not written these last few days because the entry would have read something like, I feel tired. I feel nauseated. My brain is vacant. Thanks for checking in. Have a great day. However, this morning, I asked the Lord if there was something he wanted me to say, and boy, did he bring something to mind. Several months ago, I re-listened to some talks by Tom Yakely, a NAV staff person I highly respect. One of the things he mentioned was that when the Lord does something for us, we need to tell others about it in order to glorify God. That really convicted me. Somewhere amidst life and having kids and all the things that intrude, I feel like I stopped opening my mouth and proclaiming the things that the Lord has done for me. One reason I quit proclaiming is the fact that we are support-raising missionaries who trust the Lord to provide our salary each month, and many of my stories involve the Lord's material provision. In an effort not to come across wrong to anyone— that's called the fear of man, I kept my mouth shut and therefore have not been glorifying God by telling of what he has done for me. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 78. It tells the story of the Israelites coming out of Egypt and how they kept forgetting God's wonderful works. Each time they came to a new challenge, they did not remember what the Lord had just done and did not believe in him. Verse 4 says, We will not hide them, that is, the things the Lord has done, from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. So my reticence to speak has been wrong, because really it has very little to do with me and everything to do with God and his works. After I was diagnosed, I told the Lord that from now on, if he wanted me to say something, I was going to open my mouth and say it. And so here goes. That's quite a wind-up, by the way. After 10 years in full-time ministry and several years of part-time ministry before that, trusting the Lord daily for his provision, encountering brokenness and hurt beyond imagination— moving to Illinois to restart a ministry in soil that has felt like iron sometimes, a difficult pregnancy, increasing expenses and challenges, 
my picture of God shrunk. As problems became bigger, my view of God became smaller. 2008 was a challenging year for me on multiple levels, and I was happy to see it go. And then bam, in January, I found out I had cancer. I was completely and totally overwhelmed by the diagnosis. Life seemed incredibly challenging as it was, and then to add cancer on top of it felt like more than we could bear. The day I was diagnosed, I cried all day. I could not stop, no matter how hard I tried. On top of the emotion of discovering that I had cancer was the very real fear, how are we going to cope? My first concern, as a good mother of four, was food. I spend a great deal of time making ends meet in the grocery department. I had perfected the Sam's Aldi Walmart trifecta, and I spent a considerable amount of time in the kitchen cooking from scratch in order to be frugal. Cancer would throw all of that out the window. God, I cried, what are we going to do about food? That was Tuesday. On Thursday, a friend I really didn't know that well and could who could have no idea of my cry came up to my mom and said to her, I'm going to bring the, the Hubbard's groceries until this is over. What? And then another friend volunteered to organize meals for us. Countless people have brought us meals in the past months, some even multiple times. Friends have called and gone grocery shopping for me. Our cupboards have literally overflowed at times. My cry to God about food and the Lord's response has at times reminded me of God providing meat for the Israelites in the desert from Numbers 9, 11, Numbers, excuse me, Numbers chapter 11, verses 19 and 20. The Lord says, you shall eat meat not one day, nor two days, nor five days, nor ten days, nor twenty days, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils. Thankfully, the Lord has not also visited us with a plague. Another great concern for me with the diagnosis was finances. How on earth, I thought, on top of all that we already trust the Lord for, could he provide for a very large out-of-pocket deductible? Our expenses were going to wipe us out. Once again, I was completely overwhelmed. One day, during the most stressful stretch of all for me, just before my mastectomy, I was talking to a friend who has also walked through considerable medical issues. In the course of the conversation, I discovered that through the company they worked for, their insurance had been very good and medical expenses had not been a large concern for them. I felt like I was going to break. God, I cried, we work for you. We need you to provide. That very night, one of my best friends from college called long distance. Katie, she said, I'm not sure if this is okay, but some of us would really like to set up a medical account to help you all pay your medical expenses. What? People donated to the account and continue donating to it to this day. Others who knew nothing about the account sent checks in the mail with cards or gift cards or gas cards. 
Genesis 22, verse 14, and Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. College ministry was another huge concern. How on earth? I had to pull completely out. Not that I do that much, but still. And by the way, that was not true. Katie was very involved. My coworker, Jess, picked up everything for me. And then in God's amazing preordained timing, we had another staff couple, Noah and Katie Haas, move here April 1st. God has surrounded us with two wonderful staff couples, and Jess and Katie have carried on the women's work incredibly. In the midst of all of this, my friend, who has walked through cancer with her teenage daughter, wrote me and said, let God be big. I have to credit Tom Robertson at Fort Wilderness with that quote. It hit me like a freight train. Somewhere along the way, it had become more about me than God. Problems seemed too big, too overwhelming. Mountains had become, in my mind, immovable. So God has flattened me on my back and said, look up. And I am lying here, unable to do much of anything, and I am watching God work all around me. He is enormous, infinite. He has never known need, want, or limit of any kind. Really big problems call for a really big God, and we have got one. Day after day, I watch him at work without me, in spite of me, and with no need of my help. My perspective has completely changed, and it is back in line with Scripture. Luke 1.37 says, For with God, nothing will be impossible. A big problem now just equals a really big opportunity for God to work. Do I still have cancer? Yes. Will I live the rest of my life with the reality that it may return? Yes. Does chemotherapy really stink? Yes. Does my mastectomy sight bother me? Yes. Do I still have more surgery to face? Yes. Do I hate all of the ways I am incapacitated as a wife and mother? Yes. Do we still have needs? Yes. Did I throw two toys across the room in a fit of anger yesterday? Yes. But God is still big. Thank you for joining me for one of the best podcasts I think you'll ever hear. Please join me again for There Are Good Things Here.